0: empire dan quinn is the next coach of the washington commanders thanks a lot for joining me for this live stream edition of the john com report you want to if you want to go to youtube hit that like button hit that subscribe button you can find us here as part of Empire Media. You can Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast This is an emergency version of, not emergency, it's a bonus version of the podcast. If you want to become a member of the show, you can go to the YouTube page on Empire Media. You see the word join, click on there. There's three tiers of membership. Pick one of them that suits you, and it's always very much appreciated. And you can read my work on ESPN.com, and you can hear the voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein, and ESPN 630. Bram, we're going to talk for about 15, 20 minutes, no more than that, about Dan Quinn. And I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised. Well, I'm not surprised because it's been like this for a week or two. But the reaction to Dan Quinn seems to be a little bit over the top in a way that isn't deserved or warranted.
1: Um, I think it's misguided, and you know, I think you know, um, there's a lot of things here. I mean, like we work in and around the league. I talked to a lot of people. I talked to the literal coaches. I saw Dan Quinn go up to Jeff Scanina because they had worked together and are friends. You know, at the last game, um, he is one of the most widely respected coaches in the league, and um, he is of this modern communication, you know, level where. You know, you'll see things today in the news where Tom Brady's dad is talking about how Bill Belichick is an incredible coach, but he's a terrible communicator. And in this day and age, like the players seem to respond differently to good communicators. He is one of those. So you know, I think I think this is about everyone got their heart set on one particular person yeah. who guess what, didn't want to get married. So, you know, call it whatever you want. Like, did he get to the altar and run away? Did he not show up on his wedding day? Whatever it was like, he's just decided he made a professional decision that, you know, that's, it's his choice to make. So everyone then just assumed like, well, now what are we going to do? We're scrambling Dan Quinn, like was a serious candidate after his very first interview three weeks ago when they talked to him and you knew that you had talked a lot about that on your podcast. And I knew this too. Um, was he plan a, you know, it's hard to believe that that's the case, but so, and you know, what, you know, like what, who cares? Like they got a really good coach here. Like I, and so I don't, I don't really understand. I think, I think everyone's reaction is based on what they thought was going to happen. And when it didn't, they got disappointed. And I think it's a little unfounded personally. Well,
0: and you know, and I've said throughout this process and I don't know what he's going to do here. Everything comes down to who do you hire? Who do you surround yourself with? Because when people talk about, oh, he's Ron 2.0, what they didn't do is, first of all, he's coming to a different organization. Like, you're not, you're not coming as the coach-centric model. You're coming with a legit f- football person in charge to help guide this organization. You have a better owner, so it's a better setup than what he's coming to. But the key will be, and I I felt like they did not build a very good staff here the last couple of years. And I think people even there would, would agree with that. And so I don't like, so he's coming to a different situation. He's not the same coach just because, you know, oh, he went to the Super Bowl and he lost and he was there and he got fired. All right. I mean, it doesn't make him the same guy. And, you know, and I think like, so he's coming to a different organization, but also along with that, I always, always bring him up because and I, you can't help what you hear. Like I talk to a lot of people and I don't go into it saying, Hey, give me something great about Dan Quinn. It's like, Hey, you worked for him. What do you think? Yeah. You know, I talked to someone who was passed over for a job by him when he was with them, and he loves the guy. So and yep. he thinks he'd be, he's like, he's a great hire. So, so it, you know, and I, again, I don't just pick people and I didn't talk to anybody from here about him because I know what they're going to say. Like, I want to talk to people who worked for him, coached with him, yeah. played for him. Logan Paulson loves him. And, you know, so that's what I base your base, base a, an opinion on. And But it still comes down to the, the staff. Because where he struggled in Atlanta, while, you know, he had Kyle Shanahan. that's Like, people talk about the staff here. That staff was great. The offense got a little bit worse. But the problem, Bram, was the defense was never really good there. That was the issue more than, yeah we know what the, you know, like we know the record is as a head coach and people were telling me, you know, there's, I mean, you know, who knows? I don't know. There's no guarantee here because if he doesn't hire the right coordinator on both sides of the ball, there are going to be problems. And, but again, in in Atlanta, the biggest problem was on defense. And I was talking to somebody, somebody in the league who has been a head coach and all that said, the one thing that Dan has to do is, Make sure you're very involved. You stay in the defense because I think that may have been an issue. I don't know if that was an issue in Atlanta or not, but the defense wasn't good. So he's got to get that stuff corrected here.
1: Yeah, and I, I also want to bring up, because someone brought up the, you know, everyone gets disappointed because the, they didn't get the guy the expert said would be good. And I think that's important here. Like, Yeah, I agree. So, like, let, let, me, let me just give you my experience because I have more proximity than, you know, 99.9% of the people who follow the team. And here's what my proximity is. Like I, um, get to go to more practice than anybody else, but I don't get to see all of it. i am never invited into the meeting rooms. I'm never in a coordinator meeting. I'm never in a game planning meeting and I have more proximity than anybody else. Like, could I tell you what I think of Ron Rivera as a head coach from, you know, an expert opinion, probably close to it, but like, not fully. I'm not in every single one of his meetings and I, you know, I'm there for four years, you know, in and around the team every day. So for everybody who's like, we blew it on Ben Johnson, we blew it on Mike McDowell, we blew it on this guy or that guy. None of you have spent any time literally watching them work. And it would be the same way for me to say, I don't know anything about Ben Johnson either. I've never even been to a Detroit practice, you know, so to sit and, and I could sit here and tell you, I can't tell you exactly what's wrong with the commanders because I'm not literally in all of their meetings every single day. I don't literally see them work every single day. So I have to go like you on reputation. What people tell me about these, you know, these people Um, and Quinn's reputation is very high. Um, I thought he was going to get the Seattle job and I don't know where they would have gone had he gotten the Seattle job, but they went a different direction. And so Washington, You know, I guess I think some of this is really more than anything. It's all perception. The perception is they went after somebody, they didn't get him, but it's not like he went anywhere else. He just made a life decision. And at that point, you know, all I wish was different at this point is he told us this a week ago because if he told (laughs) us this a week ago. Then I think Washington might've thought very differently about Raheem Morris or Mike McDonald or Dan Quinn. They could have landed here as well, but because they didn't know that he was going to waffle to the point that he did, you know, and do you want to call that a mistake? Sure. If you want to call that a mistake, go ahead. But that's a little bit on the candidate to be a little more open about what his true intentions are because they were waiting to talk to him specifically. And then he decided he couldn't even bear to have the meeting. And, you know, should they have known that maybe, you know, but unfortunately that's what he did. And so it's put them in this position. And I think they got a very good, very respected head coach today. And I think by the time we get to OTAs, everybody will be over what's happened over the last 48 hours.
0: Yeah. And we don't like the hard part with a guy like Ben Johnson or even Mike McDonald, you, we have no, like we have an idea of how Dan Quinn's going to be as a head coach and not the record because you're, that's going to be dependent on a lot of factors. And of course his, his own doing as well. I'm not going to diminish that, but we know the kind of head coach he is, a style of head coach, what he sets up, et cetera. No clue about McDonald or Ben Johnson. Dan Campbell runs that show in Detroit. Like he's a strong presence. And so is, you know, and I like like I, I'm a big fan of Ben Johnson's offense. Was you know, thought like, oh, well, if they hire him, it's gonna be fun to watch how he sets things up, how he does things. I was looking forward to that. But, you know, we don't know as a head coach how he would have been. We know that people would have been excited because he was the hot toy in the off season. And um, with, with McDonald, you know, I don't know how he would have been. Um, I know like there were some people in Baltimore, like, is he going to be the guy that commands room? Great on X's nose. How is he going to be in front of the room? That's a question for him. I think with Quinn, I mean, there's always going to be like, do you f- get you to get, I think for him, the big thing is the right staff. You know, because I think he does a lot of the other things well, get the right staff and then get the quarterback right. And if you can do that now, if you do that, then anybody here was going to probably be pretty good on this list. But the other part, Bram, too, is I agree, like it would have been nice if they had known about Ben Johnson. But I think the way Detroit lost and, you know, then he did interview um, with Seattle on that Monday. Um, So it's it's unfortunate that he wasn't an option in the end because I would be curious to see where that would have gone. But they still would have had to wait this week because they had to satisfy the Rooney Rule requirements. So it's not like because people are like, "Oh, they could have hired Dan Quinn two weeks ago." No, they couldn't. They have to satisfy these requirements. They satisfied them this week. So um, that that is, um, you know, that's what I know. But you know, I, none of this is ever a guarantee. It's kind of like drafting a quarterback. We're going to have this Daniels and Drake May debate for the next couple months. And some people are going to be disappointed. Some people are going to be thrilled. But we don't know how it's going to turn out.
1: You know, I was thinking about that, you know, with with Ben Johnson a little bit, you know, and and, you know, listen, like like we're we're over it now. Like, let's just move on. He didn't want to be here. I don't want to make him be here. But what is interesting about it is everyone knew the ties of Ben Johnson with North Carolina and Drake May. And you're sitting here going, you know, if you come here and you tell us that's who you want, we could pick them for you. And that's very interesting that, that didn't even entice him to want to do it so just tells you where his heart is and that's what he wanted to do and you know i'm like uh, shark tank mr wonderful you're dead to me i you're like you don't want to be here i'm not gonna make you come here i don't care like we're gonna go get a head coach to be part of this and i love the hiring of adam peters i love the structure that's being set up here we talked about aligned visions i like people doing their jobs, you know, and Dan Quinn's going to come in here and not demand power. He's going to come in here and do his job. I love the communication skills that he has. I love the reputation he has. And I've watched Dallas intimately for the last few years and their defense dominates. They flip games upside down. So if he can get us back to a respectable place, because I get it, we don't have Micah Parsons and the talent level that they do over there. But like, if we can get back to a respectable level, because that was not a respectable defense that was playing on this, this team last year, get back to a respectable level, Get somebody in here to be his offensive coordinator. We're going to have, I think, a quarterback at the number two overall pick. I think everybody needs to, like, settle into this for a minute and just get over the disappointment of you didn't get the guy which you, that you wanted. All right. Like, you know, they tried. to, They, they tried. He didn't swipe right. What do, you, what do you want him to do? Like, they got to move on to someone else. That's all. A couple of things that have stood out to me
0: with Quinn and, and over the years, like, I interviewed him at the 2017 owners meetings out in, I don't remember, it I think it was Arizona. So they were coming off that blown 28 to three lead. And I was at his table because I was assigned to write a story on what, you know, if something came out of his, his session. And he started talking about dealing with the aftermath of the Super Bowl. And I started asking about like, you know, people he talked to, he went and visited with like, Terry Francona, because the Indians had blown a three-one lead in the in the in the play in the World Series, yeah. and then he talked to R.C. Buford, the GM of the Spurs, because um, because they had blown a lead in the play in the NBA Finals. You know, against was it, I can't remember the Heat or I can't remember who it was, but they blew a lead. So he wanted to talk to people and how do you handle that? And I liked the way he sought out answers from people who had been through situations. Then I was told like this when he was in Dallas. I mean, he's adapted his scheme to each, you know, he hasn't just taken the Seattle scheme to each of the stops, but the other thing he did, he reached out to some NBA coaches to talk about how do you use positionless players? So when you watch Micah Parsons play, he's kind of a positionless player. He's a, he's a linebacker, but he lines up at end. He lines up at nose tackle sometimes in a pass rush situation. He lines up at linebacker over the ball, right? He lines up on the end. So he moved, they move them all over. So like, That, like, I like people who go out and seek answers on things. Doesn't mean he's going to be great. Again, I'm not saying, like, he's going to be the end-all, be-all. But I do think there's a lot to like here. And then I think the last thing, Bram, is on the the aligned vision. It's, again, it's the new culture, right? People are going to get tired of hearing about aligned vision. But – but I do think that's important because we've both been here a long time. Do, and they
1: haven't had one in 25 years. So, like exactly. it'd be nice, it'd be nice to see what that feels like to get everybody rolling the boat the same way for once. It'd be nice. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. And like
0: people wonder why not Mike Vrabel? Well, I think he's a terrific coach, but you notice, like, these other teams weren't hiring me either. But a lot of it, you know, my understanding is that someone like that is going to command a lot of power. And if they want the setup where the GM is the guy and the coach and the GM work together like that, it's not the coach over the GM, then it's not going to work no matter how good you think he is as a coach. And I think he's very good. But that was told to me in the beginning, like there might be a coach who someone thinks is a 10, but if he doesn't align with the GM, then they're going to hire the guy who's a nine or an eight who gets that because that's how you build a better organization. Again, we've seen that over the years. So that's a problem. So you know, I, th- I like that that was their big focal point because it doesn't work the other way.
1: Yeah. Let me uh, ask you this question. Anthony asked, who do you think the OC okay. or the DC would be? Um, the only name that I've heard initially, Joe Witt is the passing yeah. game coordinator of the Cowboys. Um, so that would make a lot of sense. He's worked with him. So that that's a name that I would expect to hear. That's a name um,
0: that I've heard too. I yeah. heard, I heard that that... Heard-
1: For DC, I don't know, you know, frankly, I really don't know, but like considering, you know, his acumen for that side of the ball, I feel better about that. What I would like to see there is like, I I think we all want to see this. And I think this is part of it too. I think everybody kind of wants the new young fresh feel.
0: Yeah, I get that. that
1: you know, if they bring in a new young, fresh defensive coordinator, you know, would you feel a little bit different about the staff? So, you know, I, that that's how I kind of feel about it, but I don't really have a name there, but I've heard Joe Witt here early for offensive.
0: Coordinator. I think offensive coordinator would be interesting. I don't have that. I don't know that right now. That's something I'm trying to find out. Um, but I heard the Witt name and I heard that a couple of days ago as a possibility. And then it's, the funny thing is Ron Rivera could be in play in Dallas as their DC. So that would be an interesting twist here as well. Um, I think, you know, there's some interesting coordinators that are out there. Thomas Brown's a name that, that, you know, I heard last year, these guys interviewed him last year, went to Carolina, did not have a good year. That was a bad setup there, but he's got a lot of respect from some people who have worked, who have worked um, above him. Right. So I don't know if he'd be in play here or not. I hadn't heard his name before this point, but that's just a name that, you know, again, that's off the top of my head um, that, that, so um you know, but I, I think, but you're right, like that is the key hire on offense, you've got to get that right. And I'm with you, Bram. I like that point. One thing that Shanahan did very well and it's when he, when he came here is um, they hired a staff on offense there's a lot of good young people and smart young people. I think that brought a lot of energy and innovation. I'd like to see something like that where you can get some of that mixed in because I didn't think there was any of that here the last few years. Um, so I think that's important as well. And Mason asked about Kubiak as the OC. I don't know. I know like he's becoming a name that people are putting out there cause he worked for San Francisco. I don't know. I don't know that at all. Um, but, but I think he's a name that you'd have to wonder about because people are kind of talking about, like, I think he's gotten some interviews and he is a passing game coordinator out in San Francisco.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, listen, I gotta like, I'm, what am I not supposed to be excited about this? Like, uh... We have our coach in here we have the new gm in here like i am excited about this and we have the number two overall pick and he has experience and i know what his reputation is and i know for a lot of you it's not who you thought you were going to get and like what what are you like what are you going to sit in the corner and cry like like (laughs) like like, like grow up like we have a professional coach here like this is not they're not taking a chance on somebody like this is a professional coach here is coming in here knows what he's doing So hopefully, you know, how they utilize this pick is going to be a very big deal. Adam Peters is now on the clock. He's got a lot of work to do with this roster. And I don't care who the coach is. If you don't have talent, you don't win. So they got a lot of work to do with this roster. They got a big decision to make with the draft. They got a lot of capital. They got a lot of draft space. They got a lot of guys who are not under contract. They got to figure out who's coming back, who's not. So there's a lot of work to be done here. And honestly, like, I want to see what the roster is for Dan Quinn before we start, you know, going into whether he's the right choice or not. Like, he's got to have a team he can win with.
0: Right. And I think that's the big thing is there is a lot of work ahead with this roster. I mean, that's, I don't think that outsiders viewed this roster the way that it was viewed. Maybe hope that people wanted it to be viewed as far as like what, what kind of work needs to be done. I think the the perception was there's a lot of work that needs to be done here. And, you know, what kind of offensive line does he build? What, you know, the defensive line too. I mean, he's a defensive guy. So how is he going to impact there? What does he think of the linebackers, you know? And so I think there's a lot to be determined here. And this is not an overnight process. And especially if you're drafting a rookie quarterback, if that's what they do, then it's not going to go overnight. But what you want to see is progress. You don't want to see a four and 13 followed up by four and 13 or or five and 12. That, you know, you want to see some level of progress and just have a, a an organization that you feel is headed in the right direction um, because and, and where people are kind of swimming up, upstream together. And I think that's been something that we we just haven't seen enough of. So are they doing that? And that's going to be how it's going to be measured. It's not going to be about like, are they 10 and 7 the first year, even though D'Amico Ryan's it, Um it's more about progress and, but I want to, I'd want to see you've got to win more than the four games to see that real progress, Bram. Yeah. So, So, you know, we'll see, uh, we'll see where it goes. There you go. So anyway, everybody, thanks a lot for hopping on in a bonus emergency podcast situation. Bram, thanks for joining me and listen, what's today. We'll, we'll be back. as I'll probably tape somebody else tomorrow. We'll have another one tomorrow. Um, So just, hey, folks, tune in next time. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot and have a good day.